Welcome back to Between the Before and After, a podcast about the stories that shape us. I'm your host, Coach John McLernan. Each episode, I bring you an inspiring guest with a moving story that shines a light on the power of the human spirit. I'm excited to share this story with you, so let's dive in. All right, welcome back to Between the Before and After. It's my pleasure today to welcome Stephen Schweigart. Uh, I want to say Schweigart. It seems like that would be <laughs> more accurate. But uh, anyways, glad to welcome a prolific author to the podcast today. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah. And so uh, just before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit about your background. But to, to get, before we dive into that, if you could just give people um, a little idea of what where you are now and uh, kind of what, what you're up to. And then we're going to explore the backstory to how you got to this point. Well, I have just had a number of books published online. They just went online. Okay. Uh, Exist Mankind, The Triumph of Death from 1990 when I finished in 1990, which was a computer poem. I just printed the text. And uh, I printed now The Complete Martyrdom. I had er- earlier printed two two poor portions. The curse first, I started with the, the curse of Prometheus because I, I didn't know if people would like the poem, and then I printed the other five parts. And now I printed the complete parts. Just came out, and I also printed Roma, my, my uh, 1972 student poem when I was work with Temple in Rome about art in in uh, Rome and Italy, uh, art in <laughs> Rome and Italy. Okay, so you've uh, you're quite a prolific author. If I understand correctly, then there's a number of books over time that you've written. Uh, so it wasn't that you just wrote, say, six or seven books in the last couple of years here, but you've been writing over the last thirty to forty years. Um, but it's taken quite some time to get to the place where you're able to get them all published. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, in, in the beginning, it was difficult because now with online uh, and and the internet and online publishers. You, you can you can get published. You couldn't with uh, just big publishers in the beginning. Right, right. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's funny to imagine life without the internet, but there will be some folks listening uh, that remember what it was like before there was an internet and when there was like dial-up internet and uh, just li- life in general um, What was a little bit different where, uh, so prior to the internet, when you were, let's say, writing books and uh, creating, creating transcripts and whatnot, how would you go about trying to get a book published? Uh, I tried a few times and I didn't have luck. The first, I went to New York, went to five publishers, and they all told me poetry doesn't sell, uh, okay. especially long poems don't sell. And then uh, I tried a few times and they weren't. I see. And then I wrote uh, uh, two poems that were, one was very popular. I got reviews uh, in the local papers and the underground papers. In those days, they had a lot of underground papers in the early 70s. And uh, they got reviews. I had a few readings at an art center and they Mm -hmm. were very successful. But my one poem, uh, Jason, was uh, in the style of Finnegan's Way, a modified style which is uh, everything it was very popular but then i wrote the antichrist and Mm -hmm. that that was a concrete poem and it was in three languages i got that i don't do that anymore but i wrote two computer poems the triumph of death and martyrdom uh similar to what that is uh, but i've just only produced the text of them because i have to i have to re basic was discontinued from those days basic programming 
And now okay. I'm, I'm hoping this summer to learn uh, visual basic and get them on YouTube and in ebooks like they're supposed to be, like like the Antichrist, which is a semi-concrete poem. Interesting. And so uh, when you say long poem, my mind goes to uh, thinking of like the epics of maybe like Norse mythology and and some of those sorts of things. Is that like, you know, maybe, maybe when we think of a poem or the average person might think of a poem, they might picture a couple of stanzas, maybe, maybe like one page. But when you're talking long poems, how, how long are we talking here? Well, the longest I have in a text is The Triumph of Death of 1990, okay. the, the revision of it. It's 215 pages. So that's the longest. And then the martyrdom is 130. The complete martyrdom I just brought out is 130. But most of mine are 50 pages. And okay. that is not as long as, as the epics, but they're long poems. Right. And so um, how, how does, like, now, because when it comes to a poem, again, not, not all poetry necessarily has to be, say, for example, a certain rhyming structure. But what, what defines, uh, let's say, a 250-page writing as a poem versus a story? What makes the difference between the two? Well, the, they, with uh, Walt Whitman, that, that was set out that you have a, uh, a more of a prose verse. But actually, uh, Olson and Pound came up with rejected verse, mostly as Ezra Pound first, and then Olson, uh, Charles Olson. And projective verse is what I use a lot in my poetry. Uh, okay. I did that. I, I transcribed the, uh, the the text of uh, of of the triumph of death and the, the martyrdom in projective verse. And I, I my I write in and I wrote my early poems of of Jason and all the and even Jason is in projective verse. Uh, I don't know if you know what that's like. It's more of like the the phrase. It's not, and it's visual. Okay. You, you do the phrase, and and uh, I studied a metrics, and uh, at Temple, and I studied all that, all the all my own. I studied all the poetic theories of uh, Aristotle and uh, Horace, and uh, I studied all, all all that, and I, I it, it, the that's kind of in the background. It's it's there uh, the sound, and I and I've I've studied numerous operas. I know all of uh, of of handles thirty operas and oratorios. I've right. studied all the all the. I've, I've I've I listen to classical music. I studied classical history at uh, music history at the University of Pennsylvania two semesters. That, okay. That's I got interested in as elective. Then I I you I listen to classical music every day. So my my poetry is I, I don't do it automatically, but I think it has sound in it. I think right. it's influenced by sound. Okay. Um, I, I don't suppose you happen to have a, a copy of um, maybe one of your writings that you could maybe even like read a sample of. So people would have a better idea of what it is you're referring to. Um, I might be putting on the spot here, but uh, do you happen to have some? No, I have some books right here. I have some books right here. Uh, uh, I have some books right here. Uh, let's see. But uh, I don't know if this is, this is good. Is this mankind? And uh, see, I, let's see, I, I, I don't know. I sh I should have uh, brought the let's see uh, I don't know I don't know if Roma will do it here here let's try Roma it's it's a difficult poem because you have to know the the 
what, what you call the artwork that I'm referring to when I went traveling around Rome and I took okay. the tour of Italy. But I'll, I'll read uh, some of this now. Uh, I have to put it up to, for to, re to be able to read it. Uh, uh, let's see here. Let's see if I can say it. Uh, Arena, Roma, uh, Chapel S, was uh, ruins, uh, Gudina della Arena, this is producing in Italian, Father Usura, revolutionary for the father's sins, uh, simple, and that, that's describing something. See how it goes like that. And, and it, it goes by phrases rather than uh, I have other poems that are better, but I don't have them with me. I don't have I don't have a copy with me now. But, yeah. Uh, it, but if you understand, it, it it goes by phrases rather, and then it's visual. If I, I don't know, you can't see the, the the poem here. Maybe I'll put it up here. Maybe you can see see, see what it's like, Roma. Uh, right. So the way that the words poem. are laid out on the page also need to. There's sort of a visual. Uh, representation of it as see, well. See, see, see how it is. On, uh, see, it's right. a visual reference. Yeah, that that's how it's done. A visual, but some of them are more are more uh, evolved the writing, the phrases than just the one word. And right. most of mine are. And that 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 was developed from Ezra Pound first, and then Charles Olson, and the, Charles Olson called it projective verse. And okay. that that that's that's what I mostly write in. Right. And so what uh, what inspired you to get into this style of, of writing and creative expression? Well, I think it's uh, I, my influence from Pound and uh, and I also was influenced heavily by fitting his weight, but he didn't he didn't write. He wrote more in prose style uh, and uh, the, the modern writers like Cummings and other ones uh, wrote wrote in that. And uh, I think it's better for for modern writing. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, I don't think rhyme and uh, the old uh, what is it the, the the way they wrote the epics uh, in 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 blank verse is as is, is that valid anymore? Someone can write in that. I'm sure it's good, but I think this is much more modern and more a, a, a modern thing, which is more to our 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 real real world today. But yeah, and I guess what I'm thinking here is actually like you know, as a child, did you did you write like did you ever imagine that uh, in your childhood years that as an adult that you would become an avid writer of kind of uh, historic poetry of a sort? No, no, I didn't. But I, I did write a, a little newspaper when I was young, and it, it had a poem, one poem in it. But uh, and it's the, my first studies in high school, second year, was journalism. But I okay. became delusioned in, with journalism. I became delusioned with it, and uh, and then I uh, fell in love with poetry when I was at the University of Pennsylvania. Okay, so when you when you ended up going to university, you, even then you weren't necessarily uh, thinking that you were going to become a published author. And uh, I know it, from what you're describing, it sounds like you encountered a number of difficulties or obstacles, kind of getting these books published. How did you go about like making ends meet and I, I guess making a living? Uh, because this this might well, be an art form, but not necessarily generating well, income for you. Yeah, I've worked in a number of places. I, I first uh, went and got a uh, a teaching certificate at Glassboro State, which is now Rowan mm -hmm. Rowan mm -hmm. University. They changed the name uh, and they made it a university instead of a college. 
but uh, but they only in those days they only gave minimum wage and no and no benefits and i was a student teacher and, and my father wanted me to have benefits health benefits and he had a business and he brought me back but he didn't like he he, he was very much against me studying english he wanted okay. me he made, forced my other brothers my other two brothers uh i have three brothers but two okay. of them to study business they didn't want to but they they did and but i wouldn't i and so i ended up in a warehouse for eight years and okay. i didn't like it i left i went to burlington county planning board i got a grant for one year but it was the minimum wage mm -hmm. at the end of the one year i wanted a, a raise they wouldn't give i couldn't keep my apartment and i had to, and my father wanted me to come back and i went back to the to the distributed floor covering business Okay, and your your brothers, any of them, uh, do they have artistic endeavors or aptitudes as well? Well, well, my one brother does computer programming. He has a business of computer programming, and uh, that's maybe he influenced me a lot. He has nothing to do with my computer programs except he advised me to use Visual Basic, but he he has nothing to do with the programs of those. But he has a, a big business. And he does the computer work for my brother's business. My brother owns the business now, the distributorship. Right. Uh, yeah. And he, he owns it, and they they did well, and I didn't do well because my father uh, was against me for that. And my father, I, he treated me well. Don't get me wrong. He he, he treated me well, and he, and he gave me some benefits. But uh, uh, I wasn't. I didn't do as well as my brothers. Right. Uh, and my other brother studied geology. And lived in Texas for twenty five years. Okay, yeah, and and along the way, uh, did you did you find yourself in in relationships? Like, how how did personal life go for you as well? And did that influence or affect the art that you sought to kind of develop? Well, I, I actually I traveled. I I, I met. A, I wanted to study uh, Hungarian to put in my poem mm -hmm. Jason, uh, because I was influenced by Bartok's Blue Bear Castle, the, his opera. And so I got a tutor and I learned, studied for her. She had a family in, in Hungary, the People's Republic of Hungary. I visited them and I went three times and I got to like it there a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, so I, uh, I uh, studied I, there and I traveled to other countries like I took a, a tour of Slovakia in, in uh, Czechoslovakia which was then and i met two girl. i met a girl on the plane coming to see okay. her relatives right yeah and, and to see her relatives and she sat next came and sat next to me uh, she, and uh, then uh, she came visit me and i visited her a number of times and her girlfriend came with her and and i that that and then i went to bulgaria i'm uh, through pen pal in those days you wrote people you didn't have the internet yes I that's the, right yeah the, the young ladies in, in in bulgaria and uh i met a number of girl young ladies in bulgaria right yeah so, and i also had a young a number of young ladies here but i i never became really in i had a long time relationship uh, maybe I should talk about it with with a, a young lady for many years, uh, but she, it was it was it was only a, uh, it wasn't a really uh, any uh, it was a, a relationship, but it wasn't anything more than that. You know, she didn't yeah. want to get married, and I didn't want to get ma married. And then and but other ones I never got because they didn't like classical music and they didn't like poetry. Uh, I didn't I didn't pursue it too much and they didn't like they didn't like because i wasn't well off 
right. I, I, I was educated and, and I wasn't, but I wasn't well off. Right. I have a house. I have, I have a house because yeah. I've worked all these years. You know, I've worked, I'm still working a little, but right. I'm 74. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've, uh, you've had quite a history and listening to your stories of travels, to me, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were traveling through a number of these countries, perhaps when they were um, under the influence of, of con- was this like in communist times, like in the eighties or seventies when you were traveling? communists, they were socialists. Okay. They were socialists. They, right. They're all, they're, they're socialists. Americans, everybody American calls them communists, but the communists influenced them much, but they were, it's in my triumph of death they, about the DDR, what it was, how it was formed. And it, it was, it was a socialist country, not, not, not really a communist country. The communists had a big influence and, uh, but it, it, it was, they were socialist countries. Yeah, it was uh, under, behind the wall. And and mm-hmm. I went there, and I think people were amazed that I went there myself, and 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 I traveled myself, and uh, with no problems at all. I stayed in with families in Hungary through through the travel agency eBus. Yep. I, I I rented rooms, so I went traveled in the day, and I just stayed at night with families. I saw where they lived, and they got a little money from it for 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 tabbing me. And uh, I paid a, uh, a small amount, and the, yeah. you know I went to the socialist places to eat. But they, you know, Kadar eventually uh, made private businesses. So uh, they took me, my the people I visited took me to a couple uh, independent restaurants that were owned independently, and they had independent business. Small businesses were allowed, and <laughs> in later years of Kadar, and that also was in in Slovakia they did that. Uh, in the later years, right. And what? How do you? How would we perhaps? Because um, you you made the distinction between um, communism and uh, socialism, and so these Eastern European countries that um, you say are maybe mistakenly referred to as as being under a communist government versus a socialist government. What what's kind of the for clarity? What's kind of the distinguishing, uh, I guess, factor in that? Uh, it's hard to define. I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to do it at this moment, but they were very influenced by the commun- communists, but the, the socialists are, are more like in a DDR, they had, they allowed the Christian Democrats, they allowed the social Democrats and, and then the, the communists had a big influence in it. They, they were the main influence, but they, they allowed others, other, uh, socialist uh, things, but they didn't allow fascists. And they didn't allow capitalists, uh, right. ca- and that's probably why that they were overthrown. Uh, and the the main, in my opinion, from what I learned over there, the main reason they were overthrown, besides freedom, uh, freedom, was the sanctions and blockades. They couldn't get goods. They my, they were to- I was told in Hungary they wanted to build things and they couldn't get the material and they couldn't build up. They built a lot of stuff, but they couldn't. Um, make enough housing for better housing for people because they couldn't get goods. They couldn't get, they had food, but they couldn't get a diversity of food. They were only able to trade with certain countries. And I have this all in the triumph of death part six mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. part six and seven. Uh, the first parts deal with uh, the triumph of death deal with Hitler and how he, 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 he plant schemed to take over and his schemes and then his exterminations and then his defeat. Uh, and uh, he was a horrible person. He was so deceptive. He was so deceptive. Right, and, right. And I show uh, in there, how, and I got it mostly from the rise and the fall of the Third Reich, which I referenced in the, at the end. And I also right. have the Rev- French Revolution in in there, uh, in the poem, in the first five parts. 
Uh, but if you see in those those parts, and they had such struggles that they only they only could uh, get goods from certain countries because they were blockaded by by the capitalists and uh, the West and, and the United States, and that was the main reason. People didn't want that. They didn't, they want to be without goods, uh, TVs and things like that. They they couldn't get these things, so, so that was the main reason they were they overthrew uh, right. overthrew. But the, the, there was a, there were also uh, uh, restrictions. I you know I'm going to tell you this. Mm-hmm. I was expelled from from uh, Hungary uh, at the end there, uh, mostly because of the problems I had in the summer with with the, the embassy, uh, uh, which uh, and 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 a bank from from our, our states, which I I, I don't want to. It's too long to go into. But I got an exit visa. But I actually went back after that I'm, for okay. my poem, The Antichrist. I got an exit. Visa. I was waiting to go back to to. To Poland on the uh, at the lot, which is the airplane outside of it. They came and they saw the, the carrying this poem, the, the book, the poem, and they uh, confiscated it. But they gave it back to me, which I have today. And that didn't happen in New York. I shouldn't talk about this, but I had trouble with customs in New York, and they confiscated my my uh, computer and never gave me back. And I lost it because I wrote it in Europe. And I haven't been able to, uh, uh, to recover from one drive. So, so uh, there was, part 18 of the lives of the version. So, right. so um, when you return from your travels in, in Eastern Europe, because of the attitude towards Eastern Europe and the socialist countries that uh, was there, they, they took your laptop. Was there suspicion that you were, I don't know, as uh, plotting to, or no, no, I don't think there was a suspicion I was plotting. But the, the, the but uh, socialist uh, people that travel there and people that are communists are not treated the same as 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 regular Democrats and Republicans. They're right. looked on. They're looked on differently. And yeah. but uh, they didn't think I was a spy or anything like that. I never had that problem. Right. I never had. That. Right. And so uh, I'm curious. So. You- you seem to see, um there's like a, I guess kind of an appeal could I say to um having been and lived and traveled uh, in and around these countries um was there ever a desire to go and and I guess make your make your living or make your home over there because of how those countries are run versus uh, how let's say the United States was run yeah I, I a couple times I thought of it I I uh I was going to and once and and but I, I'm lucky I didn't because of the wall, the fall, the fall of the wall. You know, I was lucky. I but I probably could have been. I could have probably. I liked it there. I've went after a number of times afterward, and a lot of people criticize the Hungarian leader Orban, mm-hmm. but I had no problems there. And he's he's a uh, a very strong Christian, and I'm an atheist. I was treated very well, and the, the number of three times I went back there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, at, there and I, I, I was treated very well. And right. last time I went was I traveled to Europe was in 2015. I went twice. I went to Greece and Italy. And I saw my cousin in Pietrasanta, northern Italy, and I, I traveled through there. And then I stayed in Greece ten, ten days in Athens, and I went to Delphi and and my Senai. And then later in December, I shouldn't have went, but I went to nine countries. I went to to uh, uh, visit in nine countries, which was the socialist countries again, but the, after the wall. I've, mm-hmm. I've visited, I think, three times to Hungary after the wall. I used to go uh, because I, I would get, my parents would give me a little money uh, at the end of the year, and I had money to, to, to travel. Uh, and, I, and, I, 
And these are after a number of years. Like, see, I haven't gone since 2015. I probably, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever go again because I don't know if I'll have the money. But yeah. I, I so you referenced traveling in DDR. Is that uh, like German, what we would call East Germany? Like, is that the like, Deutsche Democratic Republic? Yeah, it's Republic? East Germany. It's the, the German, it's the German Democratic Republic. The Deutsche, Deutsche is German. Yes. Is, is yep. the name for them. Deutsche Democratic Republic. German Democratic Republic. And then this, it, it was, uh, in those days, it was Czechoslovakia before mm-hmm. they split up. Before they, now, they call I met the, the Velvet Divorce. Yeah. And they didn't treat, there was a little bit of discrimination between Czechs and Slovaks. And she's so happy. I'm sure uh, she wanted, she, she was so happy when they split up. But I, I haven't seen her in many years. I don't have any contact with her. Uh, but right, um, and when you were traveling DDR, did you also travel in West Germany, and did you observe differences between the two? Uh, no, I only went to I only went to Berlin, and I didn't like I didn't like it, West Berlin. I was only there one day. But I yeah. have gone uh, in 2015 in December. The last place I went before Zurich, going back to Zurich to the airport, was uh, Freiburg, and I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, and so um, again, some of I guess the writings that you've uh, that you've come up with, you, you referenced. So, is it uh, death? Um, sorry, the title actually escapes me right now. Triumphs of death. Triumphs you know, of death. What that all comes from? That comes from the Piet. You know the t- Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yes. Yeah. There's two things. There's the cathedral, and then there's the burial place, the Camposanto, a building with all built belly. There's two frescoes in there. The mm-hmm. Triumph of Death, uh, which is about the Black Plague and wars a medieval place not the ones that later were built by an artist uh a, a, another artist i forget his name it slipped my mind these are are medieval poems they were partially destroyed in world war ii a, 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 a hand grenade was thrown on it and they were they was caught on fire but they've been restoring it and they probably restored it more they and when i went there in 2015 they did a better job and mm-hmm. these are our medieval and they're called the triumph of death and that's okay. where, and I first saw that when I went with Temple on the, on the thing. I went back and wrote a, a page in the Antichrist, the Triumph of Death. It's about the Black Plague, and that has always said to me. And then I, I put it in in the Curse of Jesus of Nazareth. I put in there why didn't why did the scientists and the politicians know this history like historians and artists that know that th- these things return the the plague. And and then they got COVID, we got COVID and they didn't they weren't prepared for COVID the press the scientists weren't prepared the the politicians weren't prepared but the historians knew about this about the black plague you right. know during Shakespeare's time I wrote I discovered it when I was writing I knew about Shakespeare because I studied it at Temple both two semesters three semesters but uh, in his time the, the, the his the theater was closed because of the black plague during his right right so. Uh, the 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 name the triumph of death uh is quite a suggestive name and that's probably uh i, I would say that's probably deliberate that it, it is that suggestive but um what what does the triumph of death mean to you well uh it, the refrain of that poem is uh uh the oh, it's skipping me now the refrain of the poem all men shall hate each other Beethoven of schiller wrote all men shall be brothers, and then Beethoven wrote his Ninth Symphony. All men shall be brothers, but the reality is we've had nothing but World War One, World War Two, 
and men uh, the, the reality is that the, the the problems with the with the French Revolution uh, at, at the end of the French Revolution the wars all men shall hate each other I don't think I, I'm I don't believe in that but I think it's a more realistic thing now we have another war Ukraine war we had the Afghan war we had yeah. uh, the Afghanistan war the Iraqi war uh, do all men love really love each other or are they all hate each other and that right. that's and it was a triumph of death because uh, Hitler exterminated so many people, uh, and uh, you know, and 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 also the death of the socialist countries. That has to do with it, but uh, and it has to do with the, the war thing of the the, the Camposanto and Pisa, uh, the the wars. The, the wars were those times too, and uh, right. that's that's what the title is. Okay, and so is it is it referring to uh, like like. You know, no matter how, let's say, powerful Hitler got to at one point in time in his his sort of empire of sorts, uh, that death was still going to take him, and that death takes all of us. And so the only yeah, that's true. That's in the, that's in the in the in the uh, the triumph of death in 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 Camposanto and Pisa. That right. uh, they yeah. saw they one section they saw the the the, the skeletons and things that we all die. Uh, we all we all have to die, and that's the triumph of death triumphs, uh, right? And in the end, but I, I'm not I'm not for help. I think I'm for helping, loving, loving other mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. and doing good. I, I, you know, one of the things I believe in was is I really believe in Milton's. Uh, I don't know if you know about his. You know about probably Paradise Lost. I don't know uh, if you ever. I've heard certainly it. heard the name, but I can't. I can't recall it's, it's having read it. It's a great epic poet, the greatest epic poem in English, uh, as as a poet, not as a dramatist like Shakespeare. And right. then he wrote Paradise Regained, and know what that's mainly based on: the temptations in the desert, where he, he uh, Jesus re rejects the the, the three three uh, three temptations of Satan in the desert: uh, riches, power, and and lust, excessive. Of either one, excessive yeah. of either one, and that has a little bit to do with communism, I think, uh, and mm -hmm. socialism, uh, where you don't become a super rich billionaires and uh, misuse people like that. But uh, my in in the curse of Jesus of Nazareth, I believe he became vain, like most religious leaders, and they think they're a god. And he thought he could say he, he declared he would save the world. And I, I didn't. I don't believe in that. Now, of course, if some people believe in that, but I don't. I, I didn't. I don't believe in that. Yeah. And so you're you're atheistic in your views. And have you always held atheistic views, or have you ever been curious about whether or not a god exists? I have been curious. I have. I'm, I'm more. I've developed more in that direction, the, the atheistic direction, and as time goes on, I'm more. Know what I, I? I really have been influenced by two things. Uh, recently by the, the Native Americans, but mostly through the early Habit in From Home, my last book that was completed about early uh, Roman religion. And mm -hmm. it's about uh, nature, uh, more that was a more nature. And so so was the Greek religions. In the beginning, later on, they, they developed differently. They be, they be developed differently. But in the beginning, they were more nature uh, interested. And that was destroyed by the, the Christians. That was destroyed by the Christians. Also, all the learning of Rome and, and Greece was destroyed by the Christians because Jesus, would, we, have, we have, actually have nothing Jesus ever said. We only have what his disciples say he said. 
We have nothing because he was he wasn't illiterate. Not to criticize him, but he he didn't write, and he he left no writings. Everything is written by what he said was was written by his disciples who wrote it down. So we have nothing actually said by him uh, in in reality. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to. You're suggesting that we have to rely on the secondhand narratives. Um, now I'm inclined to think like. If I understand correctly, like there's quite a few manuscripts of the Bible uh, relative to, say, some of the manuscripts of other ancient writings of like Plato and, uh, I mean, names of Yeah, there's, there's this thing on Twitter now about uh, translating the, the Bible correctly. Uh, uh, the, 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 the Hebrews are, and the Jewish people are saying you, they ha- you have to be able to translate it correctly, but I, I don't know much about that, but right, yeah. The, yeah, I don't know much about that. The, the, the Hebrews did a, a quite a good job, I think of, of documenting a lot of things. I mean, uh, I haven't studied the ancient scrolls or things like that, but, uh, I do, I do know there's a lot of them. And so. Uh, you, you mentioned having some interest in sort of the early stages of Greek and Roman religion and sort of those types of philosophies, uh, but they they attributed you know natural phenomena to their types of gods and deities as well. Is your interest in it purely from like a physio- uh, sorry a, a philosophical standpoint, or is there a metaphysical element to your curiosity as well? Well, in the tr- in the creatures of Prometheus and the in the tr- Prometheus Firebringer, which has to do with the, one of the sections was lost. I say that there were three sections by Aeschylus. Prometheus uh, uh, Bound, Prometheus Unbound, which Shelley rewrote, and then the Prometheus the Firebringer, which a number of people and I have, have rewritten. And I believe that was destroyed because they only wanted Bound. They didn't want man. The Prometheus the Firebringer is, is bringing fire to man. He, Prometheus to the myth didn't look, agree with Zeus, the all-powerful, like like the president or something like that, or or the, or the dictator or or something like that, and and the, he believed that he believed in helping mankind, giving them fire, and helping ma- mankind prosper, and that's the third part of Prometheus of fire, and that and that's what that's what I think we should do is help mankind, but you know, in in when the in the curse of Jesus Nazareth, I state as I I put show the Gaza war. You know, religion is is nothing but they talk about love, but there's nothing but wars uh, that the Christians and the Islams, the Islamic war, and now the the, the Jewish and the Islamic are warring, and they're always warring each other, and mm-hmm. and they talk about their they love each other, but why are they why are they having war? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and so. Uh, but I think what we could maybe observe historically is is it's not just monotheistic religions that drive people to drive people to war because we see in other cultures as well that a number of wars have existed. Yes, and so it maybe points to rather not necessarily religion itself, but something. If, if, what is the common denominator? Is not necessarily religion, but the human condition. Yes, yes, you're you're correct. So there's something but, uh, there's something yeah. in human nature that has a desire for. Uh, whether it be like wealth, <coughs> pardon me, wealth or power or something like that, that drives certain types of individuals to uh, rise to the top and to lead other people. And then there's something sort of innate in, uh, I would say, in like many human beings as well, where there seems to be um, a desire to to form some kind of worship. So in, in ancient societies, they developed their religions of uh, various uh, polytheistic gods and whatnot. And 
certain monotheistic religions kind of emerged predominantly for for a period of time. But even in modern society, we could say there's elements of of worship that emerge, whether we create like uh, idols and celebrities and 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 things like that in culture. And so it speaks to there's something in the human condition that seems to also, or in most people, yeah. Well, the the Native Americans, I've been studying the more of that now. Mm-hmm. They 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 believe in nature. They, right. they mostly believe in nature. And there's a lot of people since the 19th century that, that believe in, are, are naturalists, believe in nature. And we're getting to that now because we're talking about climate change and mm-hmm. the, 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 the mistreating of nature. And uh, that, uh, that's what I believe in. I believe only nature will save us uh, mm-hmm. and the natural world will save us. And that's uh, kind of worshiping too. Uh, uh, but you know, uh, the, the the Hebrews, in my opinion, the Hebrews and the and the Christians worship their God, and they make they make Jesus a, a, an idol, and, and they shouldn't and they shouldn't do that. But but that's as you said, it's part of human nature. Mm-hmm. So in terms of worshiping nature, like it it would indicate there's perhaps some kind of, uh, what would you call it, maybe like a creative or force or power behind it? Like when, when the Native Americans or the indigenous peoples are are worshiping nature, you know, I, I have uh, some clients in my professional business uh, that, that are indigenous and, and it's been interesting to learn of their culture. One of my clients just came back from a, a Sundance ceremony, which is a two-day fairly intensive type of uh, ceremony where they involves like prayer and, and sacrifice through fasting, um, fast, abstaining from water and from food um, for for two full days, while while dancing as well. So it's quite demanding uh, demanding ceremony to go through. Um, but there's also a lot of emotional release connected to that as well. But they they speak about worshiping uh, like the creator spirit or something along those lines. And I I I'm only beginning to learn a little bit about that. But um, as someone who is atheistic, are you atheistic? Um, because the way that maybe God is described, or or uh, I'll, I'll I'll use the term God, maybe the way that God is described in monotheistic religions, um, yeah, that has something to do with it. But unpalatable. I, I, still, I still I still believe in science. I have a background in science, and my book exists. Mankind has the the, the Big Bang theory, and and uh, and it also has the new developments of 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 the, the things. But it starts in the beginning with Friedman questioning. The, the, about about things about mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. A, 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 a constant universe, and I, I start out with exists mankind. I'll, I'll read I'll read a little bit of the beginning of it. Uh, this is this is just the beginning of it, and this is a the, 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 the uh, this is an, uh, the, what do you call uh, no I got the martyrdom I want exists mankind. Uh, it, it says it starts out with who created God, where did he come from. Uh, if he was, if he or she was infinite, how did he, how did he, how is this, that was possible? And then it, and it goes into uh, the, it, when I get to start the science history of modern science that believing in, and the, the universe started from the big bang, uh, <laughs> out of nothing. Uh, and, uh, Freeman questioned that the universe was infinite. And and that, that, that and with the big bang, I don't know. Are you familiar with that, the scientific scientific mm-hmm. beliefs? Uh, yeah, I have a background in astrophysics and quantum mechanics. Yeah, as, so you well. have more than you have even more than me. Okay, yeah, and so, uh, but the, the so one of the things that I've always found to be a bit of a curious paradox is when we look at say like Einstein's law of conservation of matter. You know, he describes that like matter can either be created or destroyed, but it cha- it simply changes state. Um, 
the, the question that, that has puzzled many people, and I don't suppose we'll ever come to an answer, so we can only ever just uh, come up with some theories to explain it. But the, you know, the, behind the Big Bang is like the compression of all matter into an infinitesimally small, um, I guess, unit, singular unit, that where the, the pressure and the energy of this compressed matter became so great that it exploded in kind of the Big Bang, it expanded, and then it kind of condensed back into into certain elements that we come to understand to be like our universe over the passage of billions of years of time. But uh, where would that matter have come from or ha- did it always exist? I think that's, that's something that people wrestle with to some degree. Yes. And I have, I have in the, in, in uh, the end of the book, the end of that section of the book uh, about uh, things of that, a few things about that. Uh, mm. people who, who talk about vitalism and uh, people who just believe in matter. and uh, But in, in, in 2010, they started to create, create things, create uh, 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 human life, life. They started to create life. That's something they're working on now. But uh, that's different. That's even different. But uh, the ability to take about. like cells and and animate them. No, they're 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 out of. Uh, I have it in the book what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't. I can't explain it to you. But that's just start starting in 2010. They started to do that, mm-hmm. and uh, and and uh, and but uh, but that that still doesn't explain what you you believe in. Uh, what you're talking about because uh, what you're you're you have a good point. And I have that in in the end of the book too uh, about some people that that, that question these things mm-hmm. uh, about uh, questioning of, of of all this. I mean, I think I think every human being uh, sort of kind of goes to this curious phase of discovery of looking for answers. There's something within us that would like to desire to understand, like where did where did humanity arise from? What is life? Like, what is it? Like, why are we not just a collection of cells and electrical impulses? How do we, how is it we have a mind and conscious thought and rational thought and morality? And uh, why can't we reanimate, you know, uh, a dead body if, if it's, if it's complete in, in its entirety and things like that, you know, wondering like, where, where does all of this come from? And that, that's like the questions that have, have uh, <laughs> I, have, I have this at the end, I have this in the end of this section of the scientific thing about that, the two, mm-hmm. the two sides, some think that we're just matter and there's no there's no spirit in us, and others that do. And uh, I, I believe that, that I believe since I'm a, an artist that there there is uh, there is uh, 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 something besides just matter. Uh, like, because we I'm call an it metaphy- metaphysical. There, like there's something within you. For example, your your form of art is is the written word and poetry, and and so something within you goes beyond what would we say like. You don't just exist to feed and procreate and so on. There's something within you that desire, like a creative expression. Yes, that desires I agree. To with you. And that's the the, the, uh, the only poetry. Poetry is is the most important thing in my and mm-hmm. in, 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 in my belief mm-hmm. because only poetry can create can create that that essence of of human existence. Uh, only poetry can do that, and that's what mythology does. Mythology is not make believe. It means it's very important to human life. Uh, mythology, <laughs> mythologies. I, I do about fifteen world mythologies, and each country, like it's Japanese, the 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 Mayan. Uh, I have Genesis in there, and I ha- have uh, also Native Americans, Na- Na- Native Americans, and I have uh, African the from Africa. And you know, 
they believe, I don't know if this is going to be a lasting belief, but they believe mankind, mankind came from, the first mankind came from Africa. <laughs> that, that's where they came from. And, uh, and what they believe, what, see, I have in biology, I've studied that at Xavier. Mm -hmm. uh, what they have about biology is there was uh, 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 some people, I just, they just had religious say that how could we ever come from an ape? We, nobody in science believes we came from apes. Apes and us to, to developed that, uh, separately from a single uh, birth of mankind. And th there's a questioning whether the, the Greek philosophers say we were, came, all came from, first was fish was the first thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Fish were the first thing. So this is still up in the air, this discussion. It's yeah. still up in the air. <laughs> there's still a lot of... A lot, a lot of unanswered questions that people are are exploring and trying to, you know, and I, I don't know if we'll ever fully, uh, fully come to some kind of understanding of it. You know, it's, um, it's, it's quite interesting though to just explore in, in conversation and through the exchange of ideas, you know, what what it might actually be. Um, you know, I, I look at maybe you know when I was twenty versus when I was forty which maybe I don't look like I'm over 40, but I am, um, you know, how, how my beliefs sort of in and around the world uh, changed in terms of looking for answers. And, and oddly enough, I was more dogmatically rooted in science in my earlier years. I, like I said, I was a nanotechnology researcher. I was into astrophysics and quantum mechanics and some uh, higher level mathematics and so on. And, and there, there were unanswered questions that I still don't have good answers to really. Um, and maybe we never really will fully understand it, but you know, where does the creative sort of life force in, in, in people come from that goes beyond just primarily meeting our basic needs where we actually uh, are not, you know, necessarily tearing each other apart or, or whatnot, but we, we coexist and we want to create. And so in your exploration of these various uh, mythologies, which I think you're, you're right. We, we use our, our minds. Could we say are, it's like a meaning making machine. It creates stories to try to explain the reality that we experience. And so in this, and in your exploration of these various, uh, I guess, mythologies and religions of different uh, peoples around the world, um, do you find your stance on atheism adjusting to some degree at all? Or do you still think that, uh, that th there really isn't a creative force and I think that's what I was trying to, to parse out here was, you know, is well, your... I, I, I'm a poet. So I believe, I believe in, in, in something more than just matter. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I, I believe in that. I wouldn't write poetry if, if I did, if I didn't, because poetry is, 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 is a spiritual thing really in one sense. It's, I don't mm -hmm. like to use that word spiritual, but mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's something that from the inside of you, and and you know I have in the book the two sides of like the, the Egyptians believed and and also the Mesopotamians believed that in this that and and others didn't believe don't believe in this uh, they believe they built uh, they built built uh, what do you call it, the pyramids and stuff mm -hmm. uh, to, to because they believed they were going to be forever yeah. even though they died yeah they thought that they would they, they would they would live on and and. Uh... Yeah, so there is something uh, like, and and even when we look at sort of Einstein's uh, understanding of of the nature of matter and energy, and it's it's sort of interchange, you know, e, the famous equation e equals m c squared, really explaining the interchange between matter and energy, um, uh, so that the both exist. It still leads us to trying to understand sort of those those origins and where where they came from. But uh, all all in all, I think. Your your curiosity has really led you to kind of explore a lot of these thoughts and philosophies and 
um, through through your writing and through your poetry and has led to uh, you being able to publish these these different books. And so I think this has been quite an interesting conversation uh, conversation to engage in. If you could, again, maybe just list for us the different books that you've written and where might people go to find these books? Uh, okay. I have 12 books that are different. There's 14 online. Okay. But two of them, uh, the, the Curse of Prometheus and the first five parts of the piece are make up the new book that came out the complete poem the 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 revenge, the revenge of art the, the martyrdom that 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 and that's a very modern poem it has some traditional verse in it and then it has very modern in it and i'm working on a new poem right now which i'm on page 45 i haven't done anything in the last few days i had i had a procedure yesterday uh everything's good but mm-hmm. it was just a normal checking on me procedure and uh, checking on things procedure, but I couldn't write, uh, but, and I didn't do much today, but I'm hoping to finish it. It's only going to be 50 pages. It, it uses the, the techniques of Jason, uh, which I, you're probably not familiar with, which come from Finnegan's Wake, where on the <clears> side, I, I list all the myths of Jason that were written in history, all, all the, the poems that were great poems that were written in history. And then I write it in a Finnegan's Lake la- verbal language, which can be understood from just sound. But mm-hmm. if you if you go to the poems, then you'll get a better understanding. And, and this is the bi- biographies of senators and congressmen, 50 of them I'm doing. And uh, on the bottom, I put their real name, but in the beginning, I put like in 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 uh, the martyrdom uh, a, a modern uh, uh, a making of a, a kind of a, a modern uh, uh, a, a translation of them, and it, it's kind of funny and it's satirical. It's satirical. Mm-hmm. I make satirical of their of the of them in the using their name, but on the bottom you can understand who it is because, and then it has. If you read their bio, you can understand it without reading the the the, the But if you read their biography and then read also what I wrote in the modern style, it's even more uh, a thing. And it, it, unfortunately, because I'm I'm a I'm a leftist and I'm more of a I'm I don't want to say I'm a communist because some communists they'll say I'm not because uh, I'm more of a 20th century first century communist. Right, uh, right. I'm, I'm I'm just have a communist thought background and thought uh, travels and and theory, uh, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I made all the people who wrote that. The, the, are you aware of them? The bill that just came out against socialism, which they signed. Uh, I'm I'm but, entirely unaware of that. I'm I'm a Canadian, yeah. so I have to say I don't. I don't. Okay, the the, the <laughs> Congress, the congressmen, not the senators, put out a bill denouncing socialism, and they, they made them vote on it. And uh, most of them voted denouncing, but some of them did voted uh, didn't denounce it, and that was a big thing. And I put in the, the senators and, 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 and the congressmen that are anti-socialist and anti-communist. I'm, I'm usually doing them, and except for some that in New Jersey, because I, I'm from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I, I did local people also, you know what I mean? But I, I do the biography in a modern style, and it's it's really a satire like Jason. It's okay. really a satire. Well, Stephen, it's it's been very interesting just getting explore your philosophy and your your artwork as well. I'm glad that you've got this and you've contributed this to the world, and it is it is your life's work. And um, thank you so much for for being on the show today, and uh, look forward to when we get to chat again next. Okay, thank you very much for having, and you you're excellent. I really enjoyed you. You you're you're so so knowledgeable of a person. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Between the Before and After. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review because that helps this podcast to reach and inspire more people. I love exploring the stories that take place between the before and after, the powerful experiences that shape who we become, and I love human potential. I love the possibilities that lie within us. So whatever you may be up against, I hope these stories inspire you because if you're still here, your story's not done yet, so keep moving forward.